So uh, we're finishing up. Uh, Pastor Andrew's been teaching on the spiritual gifts, and he asked me to come and to speak about the gift of prophecy or the prophetic. And I have a little bit of experience uh, with that. I am by no means an expert at this, but I'm hoping to convey uh, some of the fun things of God. And apparently, Jesus will just let anybody in. So <laughs> here I am this morning. Um, did you guys know that all of these gifts we've been talking about are supernatural gifts. And uh, the supernatural is actually, as a believer, it's part of our inheritance. It's part of our DNA. Jesus said in his word that um, we would not only do the things that he did, but we would do even greater things than him. So think about that for a minute. What are the things that Jesus did? He fed the 5,000, he gave a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy to the woman at the well and that changed her life. She went and testified to everyone. He healed the lame, he healed the sick, he raised people from the dead. That's just the stuff that he did. And he said, he's going to give us our Holy Spirit and we have the right to do even greater things than him. And so that's a part of our, our DNA. And the world and we are hungry for the supernatural things of God. I mean, everybody out there is, even if they're not a Christian, they're seeking like supernatural things. People are so invested and so interested in astrology and in uh, 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 psychics and in tarot cards and things like that. And maybe you've been interested in those things. Maybe you've dabbled into those things. Maybe you even are right now. And that's okay. You know, I did back in the day too before I really learned that God has all the supernatural that I need. And if you are here today and that's something you've messed with, number one, it probably, there's a big portion of those kind of things that are supernatural that people seek after that they're just scams. They're just people willing to take your money, and they come to nothing, right? But there's also a portion of those things that actually, actually do hold some power, but the power is from the dark side and the demonic, and it is not a supernatural door that you want to open in your life. So if you mess with those things, or even now you're just kind of looking at those things because you're hungry for the supernatural, it's really a simple matter, guys. You just need to say, Listen, Lord, I didn't know that this was a bad thing. I just am hungry for the supernatural. And so now that I know, Lord, please forgive me and close the door to those things that I opened up. And Lord, I want to open the door up to every supernatural thing you have for me that's from you and from your spirit. Amen? It's just that simple, all right? Um, people are hungry for the supernatural. I'm going to talk about prophecy and about the prophetic words that people can speak over you. A prophetic word actually changed my life, the first prophetic word I ever got. It was probably about 30 years ago in this church. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, let there be light. <clears throat> about uh, 30 years ago, Lisa Trueblood was the pastor's wife, and she was bringing Janicini uh, into the church to do a ladies retreat. And I had never, I had heard of the prophetic before, but I'd never been in or around anyone who operated in the prophetic or in a prophetic gift. And I got to tell you guys, I was terrified <laughs> because my idea was that she was going to tell everybody everything that I was hiding and everything that I was doing wrong at the moment. And I was doing a whole lot wrong 30 years ago. So I was really, really afraid of that. But my pastor's wife, very wise and filled with the spirit said, listen, that's not who God is. Just come. You're not going to be disappointed. 
and I wasn't. I came to uh, the ladies' retreat, and I stood before Janice, and as she, she got ready to pray for me, first of all, she did something that now dozens and dozens of prophetic people have done when they stand in front of me. She just started laughing. <laughs> she just started laughing. And I've discovered that, that that's really just part of my joy and anointing. People in the prophetic, people are sensitive to the things of the Spirit, pick up on that. And so I even tried before, like, to test it out. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go to this meeting where I knew there's going to be prayer. A dozen times I went and I would, like, deck out in, like, really calm clothes and no tie-dye because I thought maybe they're just laughing because I'm all colorful and bright. I'd go incognito, people would still laugh. It's just part of who I am. So... Jana started to laugh at me, and she looked at me, and she said, Didi, you're the spice in the body of Christ. Without, without spice in food, it doesn't taste any good, and you're that spice in the body of Christ. And you know what? The Lord gets a big kick out of you. He laughs at your jokes. You've been thinking all these years that your humor is just covering up all the traumas and all the hard things that you've been through. But he wants you to know that a little bit of that's true, but that's really who he made you to be. And he gets a kick out of you, and he delights in you today. Well, I started to cry, and my spirit started to come alive because at the time, nobody delighted in me. I was relapsing. I was in addiction. Um, my friends were frustrated. My husband was frustrated. My pastors were frustrated. And when she said that word that he delighted in me and that he laughed at my jokes and he knew who I was, something transformed in, for, in, in the middle of my heart. And it's a line-in-the-sand moment for me that I was never the same because I believed God. So that's the power of a prophetic word. Now, when uh, Andrew first, that, this is a big subject, you guys, so buckle up, all right? <laughs> we might go a little bit longer than uh, Andrew normally preaches, because <clears throat> when I've gone out with my friend Gianna Sini and traveled around the world and even to Japan a couple of times, she's taught this subject, and we've taught this subject in two, three, and four-day workshops. <laughs> so I'm giving you the abridged version of the, pro of the gift of prophecy and how to learn to hear from God for yourself and other people. When Andrew first started out um, teaching about the gifts, he started out with the fivefold gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Who are the people that took the tests that are my prophets? Who are my, pro who are my prophets in the place? Only a few of you? Okay. All right. Um, the Greek word prophetia, uh, for, for prophecy, is prophetia. It just means inspired utterance. So basically, a word of prophecy is just a message from God. It can be to a person, it can be to a nation, it can be to a group, and it can predict the future, but it does not have to predict the future. In the Old Testament, most of prophecy did predict the future, but it does not have to predict the future. Second Peter 1.21 says... For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along in the Holy Spirit. There's a ton of prophets in the Old Testament. I don't have the time to even list any of them today. So if you're interested in that, go grab one of them and study about him. According to Deuteronomy 13, the signs of a true prophet are, number one, they don't direct people to other gods. And number two, if a prophet says something about the future, it must come to pass or they're considered a false prophet. And in the Old Testament biblical times, they actually killed false prophets. 
aren't you glad we live in the New Testament <laughs> under the grace and the sacrifice of Christ? Because when we make mistakes, we can come to God and we can ask for forgiveness and we say, listen, I missed it. So we don't have to be perfect when we begin to step out and to um, give prophetic words or prophesy to people. But we do have to be humble. Um, John the Baptist was considered the last Old Testament prophet. He uh, announced the kingdom of God, and he recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And in the New Testament, the apostles fulfilled the role of prophet. And now, in, as, as believers, we have that gift passed on down to us, and we can fulfill that role as prophet and prophesy to people. Um, my gift, when I took the five-fold test, I'm sure if, if we have some new people or nobody's ever taken it, Andrew would be happy to put it on the website a thousandth time for you to take that test to see where your gifts lie as far as the five-fold. For me, um, I got apostle under that, which means I'm kind of equipped, like Andrew, to do a little bit of all the gifts. My job is to grow up the body of Christ and equip them to live their Christian life out. And so the strongest of those gifts in me, though, would be the prophetic and be prophesying. I've always, even as a little kid, been super sensitive to things. I could kind of walk in a room and sense the undercurrent and what was happening. I had dreams. I had strange supernatural occurrences happening. And so I've always been that, but I didn't have any words or ever any understanding of what that was about. I just thought I was a weirdo, which is still probably true. Um, <clears throat> but when I started to learn about the prophetic, everything clicked for me. I'm like, that's, that's how I'm made. That's who I am. And maybe this will click for you today, too. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.3, Paul says, but the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And that's the filter for New Testament prophecy. It should strengthen, encourage, and comfort, even if it's a hard word, even if it's a correction. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.39, Paul says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid the speaking of tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14.31, For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Paul taught that we should be eager to prophesy and use this gift. And the person who has the gift of prophecy and you filled out the test, or maybe you're a prophet, it'll be like second nature. It'll be easy. You'll, you'll kind of connect to it quickly. But everyone can prophesy, all right? So not everyone's a prophet, but everyone can learn to prophesy. All believers, because the scripture says that we have the mind of Christ and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can all check our spirits and hear the heart of God for ourselves and for others, for a strengthening, encouraging, and comforting word. Number one key, I'm going to repeat this over and over again, uh, is knowing God's word. The way to know God's heart is to know his word. That's how you're going to know his heart, his character, because... When you begin to walk and step out and prophesy to people, the Bible is the standard which all prophecy has to be filtered and judged. If it doesn't line up with God's word or God's character in scripture, it has to be discarded, all right? The Bible is the number one standard. You know, you probably all prophesied to someone and you just didn't even realize it. If, have you ever been praying for someone? And God gives you a scripture, just lays on your heart, a scripture that you think will really help them, and then you gave it to them, and they're like, that's exactly what I needed. You just gave them a message from God, from his heart. That's prophesying. Have you ever been moved with compassion or with love for another person, and you told them how much God loves them, and they felt it, and they wept? 
that's prophecy. You just gave them a message straight from God's heart. So the, those are the simplest forms of prophecy. You are giving someone a message from God that lines up with his heart, his word, and his character. So how do you get a message from God for someone or for yourself and learn how to grow in the gift of prophecy? There are two important things you need to know. And just like Andrew, uh, when he first started teaching about all the spiritual gifts, he had to teach about unity first because that's where all the gifts flow from. You have to have unity for them to work the best. Well, when you're talking about the prophetic and learning to prophesy, you need to know a couple of things too. Number one, you need to know how you're designed, how God designed you so you can learn to cooperate with your design and not work against it, all right, or miss what God's going to say. So God is three parts. He is a triune being, and that's just a fancy church word for God in one person. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And he made us in his image, and so we are three parts as well. We are body, soul, and spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23b says, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're three parts just as well. We live in a body, we have a soul, but we are a spirit. And you'll often hear me, I've learned over the years from hanging out with my friend and learning this truth, you know, who I am is a spirit. So if you ask me at any given time how I'm doing, I'm great. I'm blessed. I'm assisted by angels. You know, I, I, God has got my back. I'm loved with an everlasting love. That's who I am. Now, I have a body. I might say to you, my body doesn't feel good today. Or I might say, my soul's kind of sad today or kind of stressed out. But who I am is a spirit, and who you are is a spirit. The body is obvious, right? My body, if we're thinking about it, I'm five foot two, eyes of blue, but oh, what those five feet can do. Uh, I'm a little tubby, and I've got dimples. That's my body. My soul, your soul is everything from the head up. It's the mind, the will, your emotions, your personality. You're talking about my uh, mind, will, emotions, and personality. I'm really creative. I'm really sensitive. I love art and comedy. Um, I like to laugh. I am extremely de determined. Those are the things about my, my soul, my mind, my feelings, my mind, will, emotions, and personality. Your spirit is, when you were born again, your spirit is the place that came alive to God. And every good thing that God has for you, the Holy Spirit, all the gifts we've been talking about, is deposited in your spirit at that moment. You have absolutely 100% of everything you need to walk the Christian life out. It's just a matter of tapping into that and feeding that and growing that. But you have everything you need. Now, my friend Giannisini had a great way of, um, some of you guys know who she was, uh, had a great uh, way of making this, giving analogies and making the simple things, the, the, the complicated things of God seem really simple so you can understand them. This truth was revelational. It was transformational to me. Okay, so let's think of it this way. Your life is like a car, and there are three, kid, three people in your car at all times. One is your body. Your body is like the little kid in the car. It wants its way. It throws a fit. It wants what it wants right now, all right? Your soul is kind of like the teenager in the house, the 13-year-old teenager. He thinks he's the smartest person in the car. 
He knows everything. If the body gets a zit, he's going to scream about it, and he's not going to ever go in public ever again as long as he lives. That's your soul. And then there is your spirit, who is the grown-up in the house, who is the adult in the house. So who are you going to give the keys to the car to? Right? Is that, that was transformational to me. Um, so we've got a steering wheel. Who has a steering wheel? What is the steering wheel? In uh, James 4, it talks about the tongue being the rudder of your ship and that that little tiny rudder can move the entire ship. If we go back to the analogy of the car, the steering wheel is the tongue. And so wherever you move your tongue, that is where your whole car is going to. It's like your tongue is your chooser. And the thing that was revelational to me, was revelatory to me, was that I could choose by a cold act of my will to choose God's word and what he said about me and what he said about circumstances apart from my soul and my emotions and apart from my body. And even if I didn't feel like it, God would begin to go to work for me. When I say all things work together for the good, God's working together for the good for me, you know? I, you can actually, now you cannot completely ignore your body. Sometimes your body needs tending to, you know? We have sickness, we have illness, we have disease, and we need to go to the doctor and we need to take care of it. But your body cannot have the steering wheel and the keys to the car. Um, <clears throat> sometimes our soul, we can't ignore our soul. Sometimes our soul needs tending to. You know, I went through a lot of trauma as a child and I needed help. Work, working through that. My soul needed tended to. Sometimes we go through grief and things like that. Your soul sometimes needs tended to, but it can't have the keys to the car and it can't have the steering wheel. That's where your spirit has to take control. And the way you do that is with God's word. And the, over the years growing in this fact, I've looked like a crazy woman <laughs> in my house. You should ask my husband. No, you shouldn't ask my husband because he will tell you. In fact, I think he told on me Wednesday night in Bible study uh, about how sometimes my soul gets noisy. But, you know, a circumstance will come and all of a sudden overwhelm you, and your first response is to start speaking things out of what we feel. Oh, my, I'm not going to make it. And I've actually like, in the middle of my kitchen. No, that's not true. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm in, and I'll start speaking God's word. I don't feel like it. Understand, my head's still screaming at me. My heart might still be racing, but I know that if I speak out those words of truth about what God says and what his word says, all of heaven starts going to work for me. You know what? The opposite is true, too. If I start saying, I'm a loser, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it through this, I probably should just die, all of hell is like, let me help you out with that. All right? Our mouth is incredibly important. It's the steering wheel to the whole ship. And this is important, like a huge thing for your whole Christian walk. You know, when it says to walk in the Spirit, this is what it's talking about. You don't really have to know how to do it. You don't really have to do it perfect. What you have to do is agree with God. And God goes to work for you, and you begin to walk in the Spirit. You always have three voices going on in your head, body, soul, and spirit. And you need to learn how to listen to the Spirit and line up with the Spirit and with God's Word. 
because your other two voices are going to always be screaming at you. And you especially need to learn how to do this when you begin to operate in the prophetic or step out and give an encouraging word to someone. Because I tell you, even now, I've been doing this for a long time and giving words to people, but even now, my, my soul screams at me. You're dumb. That's not from God. Blah, blah, blah. You're not hearing. My body sometimes will betray me. My heart will race or whatever. And you have to learn to step over. If you learn the way you're created and the way God designed you, you can begin to cooperate with him and say, okay, this is what my body's saying. This is what my soul's saying. But I choose my spirit, and I'm going to listen to you. And when you step out in faith, it's amazing what God does. My friend Janice was just a little tiny, shy Methodist woman from Shongaloo, Louisiana. <laughs> She happened to read God's word over and over so much that he gave her a lot of these truths, and her whole life began to get healed. And when it did, she realized her gift and started stepping out and giving prophetic words to people. And people were amazed at what God was doing, and so they started inviting her to speak places. But she tells the story of when she used to speak places, she would get in the front row, and she would bring the biggest bottle of Pepto-Bismol she had with her. <laughs> in her purse, because when she was sitting on the front row getting ready to be called up, her body would say things to her like, if you make us go up there, we're going to throw up in front of everyone. Her soul would say things to her like, if you make us go up there, well, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. They're going to send the ambulance. They're going to put you in a straitjacket, and you're going to the funny farm. <laughs> but she knew this truth and how to cooperate with God's design. So she would speak to her spirit and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she would stand up, and she would give the word, and she would preach to people and give prophetic words, and God would show up, and it would be amazing. So the second way, first thing is we need to know God's design and how to cooperate with him. The second thing we need to know to operate in the prophetic gift is the ways that God speaks, all right? God is not just like a man. <laughs> he does not just come knock on your door and say, hey, Noah, I got something for you to do. I'd like you to go here, do this, and say this. Wouldn't that be nice <laughs> if he just showed up, called up our cell phone? Um, I kind of think he kind of likes us to seek him, you know? He has certain ways that he speaks, and we kind of have to learn God's technology. Um, I think he likes to play hide-and-seek like a good dad who really hides in a really hard place somewhere, and the kid's running around looking for the dad, and they can't find him. You can hear the screaming. They're looking inside, and they're looking outside, and they're even getting frustrated. They might even give up for a minute, and then they get a second win, and they go, and they find that dad in the hard place, and everybody's excited. Because the kid's excited because they persevered and they found their dad, and the dad's excited that the kid persevered and found him, and they roll around on the lawn. I imagine that's how God is. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to run after him. And when we find him, it's amazing. And so we kind of have to seek out to find him. And... God speaks. He doesn't speak like a man. He, he often speaks in symbols and parables, if you've gone through, uh, through the Word and read all the stories in His Word. And unless you know His ways, you might miss something that He wants to say. Um, Job 33, 14 says, God does speak now one way and now another, though no one perceives it. Sometimes we can miss it. Key, I'm going to repeat it again. Number one, you've got to know the Word of God. The more you know the word of God, the more you're going to know his heart and his character. And if you're hearing from him, 
Here's a plug for Wednesday night Bible study. <laughs> 6.30, right here. We have fun. We're going straight through the Bible. And miraculously, treats usually show up. It's amazing. So you have to know God's word. Romans 10.17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Remember, the word of God is the standard that all prophecy must line up at. If it doesn't line up with God's word or his character in his word, then it needs to be discarded. So what are the ways that God speaks? I'm going to list these really quickly and give very brief descriptions <clears throat> because we have short time here. <clears throat> Obviously, number one, he speaks through his word, through the Bible. He can speak through angels. Many people, including Mary and Joseph, he sent angels to to communicate a message. Um, he speaks through visions, kind of like a little video in your head. He did that throughout the Bible. He still does it today. He speaks in dreams. I've actually had dreams where God healed me from traumatic events in my life. I've actually had dreams where he, he gave me things that I was able to walk out and see miraculous things in my life. Now, are we angel followers? Are we vision followers? Are we dream followers? No, we are not. We are Jesus followers. But these are some of the ways that God speaks and talks to us. Another way he can speak is an audible voice. Um, that's a little more rare. I only know one person uh, in my life that has ever heard an audible voice, and it happens to be my husband. He was getting ready to marry this crazy um, woman, beautiful woman, ha, with lots of problems and lots of trauma and lots of brokenness and still struggled with lots of addiction and he was a little concerned and he was thinking about backing out and God spoke to him in an audible voice and he said, I want you to marry her. He said, I want you to just love her. It's going to be really hard, but in the long run, it's going to be worth it. And you know what? That gave him the strength through some of our hard times and me walking out of addiction for him to stick with me because he knew that he had heard a word from God. But that's a little rare. A prophetic word is another way that God speaks. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Coincidences. Um, you know, have you ever had some, a bunch of weird things happen all at once? I'm not saying it's always God. It doesn't have to always be God. But if you start having a coincidence after a coincidence, it's worth saying, Lord, are you trying to say something to me? Is there something you want to say to me? Because he'll talk to you if he is. And it could just be that he's got angels like moving things left and right to get your attention because he wants to tell you something. He speaks in all kinds of ways. Um, he speaks through a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is when someone or you get the exact wisdom you need to walk out a situation. And that's a gift from God, and it's part of the prophetic. I actually, a couple years back, was going through a really hard time, and part of that hard time was that um, my girl had quit talking to me. She, we were very close, and she quit talking to me for a full year, and it was absolutely gut-wrenching to me. Now, during that time, my soul got crazy absolutely crazy. I kept writing letters, you know, of all my feelings and everything I thought about it, and I was just going to confront her, and why is she doing this, and, you know, blah, 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 and I would go to my friend Janice, and I would go to my friend Lori, and I would, I would present these letters, and they would say, you know, you can send those if you want, but I wouldn't, <laughs> and I kept writing the letters, and they're like, mm, not this one either, <laughs> and I listened to them, and what I finally ended up Sending was about a paragraph that just said how much I loved her, how much I was praying for her, and I was here when she was ready. 
And you know what? That was the word of wisdom I needed that for that situation. And if I had not listened to that, I would have ruined my relationship with my daughter. I needed that. And now, because I listened to that word of wisdom, we're walking in restoration and building a relationship that's better than ever. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is just a bit of information that God gives you to unlock um, a thing. It particularly happens in healing. I have friends, Linda and Joel Budd, who um, they operate in healing, and they have a lot of healing in the church. And God will give them words of wisdom for healing. So in the service, they might, you know, during prayer time say, does anybody have an issue with their jaw today? You know, the Lord will give them that word of knowledge that somebody has a jaw issue. Somebody will raise their hand and come forward and get prayed for and possibly get healed from the jaw situation. Does anybody have a shoulder issue today? That is a word of knowledge. And that God just uses it to kind of to unlock, maybe to give the person the faith to stand up and to receive some healing. So there are a couple more, and these are the ones I'm going to focus on today. Um, some of the ways, and this is all throughout Scripture, you'll have to study it out for yourself, but um, God speaks in pictures. He speaks in sounds. He can sometimes speak in a single word or in an impression or a feeling. Now, a lot of you, I've come up to you before and I've said, hey, I was praying for you and I saw this picture, or I was praying for you and I heard this word. Where do I see that picture at? Where do I hear that word at? Does a Star Trek hologram just like magically appear in front of only me and give me the words I need? I wish. <laughs> that does not happen. But where I see that at is in my imagination, in that faint place in your inside ears and in your inside eyes that you can imagine things. Now, before you go, wait, 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 that's too weird, that's new age, think about this for a minute. If the enemy can use your imagination to get you to sin, to get you to start thinking lustful thoughts, to start getting you to think bad thoughts about another person or whatever sin you're struggling with, how much more can God, who made your imagination, use it for his good, all right? And so that's the place where God speaks. It's in those inside eyes and in those inside ears. And it's just a matter of knowing that, kind of like knowing God's technology so you don't miss it. Think about this. If you went into an Amazon rainforest with a helicopter and you dropped a cell phone down to a tribe that had never seen technology or human beings and that phone began to ring, do you think they'd know how to answer it? They would not. They would probably shoot it with a spear and roast it over the fire, you know? And so we need to know God's technology, and this is the, one of the ways that he speaks. And it's not in a big, giant, you know, boom vision. It's in that faint, still place, and you kind of have to learn to hear and learn to listen. So <clears throat> we're going to practice for a minute, okay? So... <clears throat> We're going to practice with your inside eyes. I want everybody, now, if, you, if you're like me and you're very easily distracted with ADHD, squirrel, <laughs> you can close your eyes. Close your eyes if you want for a minute. It will help you. But I want everyone to picture an apple. When you get that apple in your mind's eye and you can see it, raise your hand. All right, Randy, what color is your apple? Toby, what color is your apple? Ooh, red and yellowish. Um, CJ, back there, what color is your apple? Red. Angie? Green. Angie's got a green apple. Melanie? All right. 
See how you can see that in that faint picture? It's not overt, it's not big, it's that still faint place. And when you're looking for a word or a picture, that's the place that God will speak to you at. That's the place he will put a picture. Now, you can actually go into that picture, uh, into that, when, if God gives you a picture for someone, and usually when he gives you a picture, it's a weird picture. It's not going to be something necessarily you're going to understand or know what to do with. So you kind of have to go into, and just like today, we have the ability to go into this picture of the apple that we're just practicing with. You have the ability in the prophetic word to go in and to walk around and to ask questions to God to get more revelation. So let's go into that picture of that apple. Get that, that apple again. So I want you to take a bite out of that apple. Is the apple cut up into slices? Or is it just a whole apple? Who's got apple slices? Anybody? Who's got a whole apple? What's your apple taste like? Whose apple's sour? Couple? Whose apple's sweet? Do you see how you could crawl into that place and you could get more information? You can do that with God when he gives you a picture for someone too. Those are your inside eyes. That is the still, faint place that God will speak to you. Um, let's practice with our inside ears now. I want everyone to put themselves on a playground somewhere. Just pick your favorite playground, and in your mind's eye, put yourself there. Okay. Now listen with your inside ears. What do you hear? Does anybody hear anything? Raise your hand if you're starting to hear something. Victoria, what do you hear? Swings. We all know what that sounds like, right? Dawn, what do you hear? Laughter. Tony, what do you hear? Say that again. Cars. David, did you have your hand raised? Nice. You see how you could hear those things? Those are your inside ears. That's the place where God might give you a word to, for someone. And sometimes when I'm looking, God might give me a picture. It might be a weird picture. He might give me a sound. I might hear, um, I might actually just see a word go across my mind like a ticker tape, or I might see a word stamped on something in my mind's eye. That's one of the places where God speaks and where you can get a prophetic word for yourself and for, for other people. All right, let me give you an example of some of the prophecies that I've experienced or given in my time. One time, I was praying for a leader, and I was at a ladies' retreat, and I just saw a picture of a big toe. I was like, what the heck? Big toe? I'm not, I'm not saying that to this leader who's a superior over me. I mean, what does that even mean, Lord? And so I started to go into that picture a little further and ask God, inquire of him. And I said, so Lord, what does that mean? You know, big toe. And God brought to my memory what, that, what a big toe is for. And I actually know a little bit of medical stuff and know that if a person doesn't have a big toe, it's really hard for them to balance. The big toe is all about balance and stability. And so they'll actually, doctors will actually put like orthotics in to give a person stability if they don't have a big toe. And suddenly then I had the revelation and I knew what the word meant. And I said to her, listen, I see a weird picture. 
I see a picture of a big toe, and I feel like God's saying that you just bring a lot of stability to the body of Christ. Without you and the body of Christ, um, there wouldn't be as much balance, and God really needs you. Well, that ended up being exactly what that leader needed to hear at that moment. <laughs> about a big toe, <laughs> right? God will do that. He will confound your mind and your imaginations and make you step over your feelings because she hadn't been, she wasn't a really charismatic leader and so she had been beating herself up and feeling like she wasn't as good as other people. But God let her know that what she had, balance, stability is exactly what she needed. Another time, <clears throat> my friend from high school, uh, from junior high that I knew, we came to see a prophetic speaker, and I was really excited. I knew she knew God, and she loved him, but she wasn't involved in church. She wasn't really walking a Christian walk, so I was excited to get her in front of somebody to get a prophetic word, <clears throat> and I, I, I knew this person inside and out, right? I've known her since seventh grade. We know where all the bodies are buried, <laughs> and this, this man starts to pray over her, <clears throat> and the first thing he says is, the man in black, and I'm like, I'm like freaking out. My soul's freaking out. What is he talking about? Is he talking about the enemy? That's not what I want him to say to my friend. But he says, the man in black, do you know who that is? And my friend didn't beat, miss a beat. She said, yep, Johnny Cash. He goes, that's right. It's like you feel like you've been in Folsom Prison lately, like you've been walking the line. And then he gave her word about how God was giving her the ability to go through the hard time that she had been through. She had been through going through a divorce at the time. Now, I was still kind of confounded by this and didn't really know if that was God or not. But when we walked down in there, my friend said, you know what? That was the weirdest thing, Dee Dee. She said she had lost her dad when she was eight years old, and it was a profoundly hard time for her because her dad was her best friend. And she said, I was just thinking about my dad this week. And he loved Johnny Cash. And I was watching a documentary on Johnny Cash this week and thinking about my dad. Now, why would God do that? Why would God say Johnny Cash or the man in black to someone? It's because he uses that weird prophetic word sometimes just to let people know that he knows exactly where they are. He knows what they're going through. He knows everything about him, and they're not alone. And it's just the thing that breaks through, that drops the curtain from their eyes, and lets them walk into what he wants to say and how he wants to heal them. Another uh, situation where I had, uh, got, I gave a prophetic word to someone else. And this is a situation where I just had to step out in faith. I didn't really ever get the revelation of what it was. I was praying for a friend. And I saw a picture of a snowball and a little kid with a snowball. I'm like, okay, what's that mean, Lord? I tried to crawl in the picture. He didn't give me any more revelation. And then the next thing I saw was a picture of a shovel. And it was a weird, like, 90-degree angle shovel that I've never seen and that and it seems to me like wouldn't really work. And this person was just banging it up against the ground because it wasn't in a way that would dig into the ground. And so I started to explore. I didn't know what that meant. Sometimes you can get wisdom and revelation and understanding. Remember, God likes hide and seek. So if you start to ask God things, so I, so I looked it up. I'm like, I wonder if there really is a shovel like that, right? I looked it up and saw that there is a shovel like that, and it's exclusively used um, for shoveling snow. It's supposed to be better on your back or easier to lift. I'm like, okay, that's weird. God still didn't give me the revelation of what it is. And if I didn't know the way God speaks, I might have just passed that off as that's weird and I don't have the revelation. But instead, I stepped out in faith and I said to my friend, listen, I don't know what this means. You pray about it. You see if it's God. But I just saw the picture of a kid with a snowball and this weird shovel that wasn't able to penetrate the ground and is designed for snow. 
My friend said, I know exactly what that means. There was a situation that she was trying to push, and God had already told her it wasn't going to be until December. And she's like, snowball, snow shovel, I'm just supposed to relax and wait until December. So it was exactly what she wanted to hear, what she needed to hear. I didn't have everything I needed, but God had everything he needed to strengthen, encourage, and comfort her. Another one, and I know I can use Rachel's name because she's told this at Sober Soldiers before. Um, I gave, Rachel um, had been sober just a little less than a year, and um, her mom passed away suddenly, and it was just very heartbreaking to her. And during that time, I was praying for Rachel, and I saw... uh, All of a sudden, I saw a picture of a great big, like, supernatural earth mover, like something you don't even see on this earth. And I could see that it had the ability to plow through mountains easily. And on that earth mover, I saw Jesus driving. Good deal, right? And I saw her and her husband, Nick, um, behind. And the word I gave her was, God is giving you the ability right now, you and Nick, um, with Jesus at the lead, to plow through some mountains and things you've never plowed through. And on the other side are going to be amazing things. But you just stay on the thing. You stay on the machine. Jesus is plowing through. And you know what? That, along with another prophetic word that somebody gave to her, confirmed in her that she could do this. And she was able, for the first time in her life, to stay sober through a horrible thing, like losing her mom, and plowed through that mountain. And she's now, like, headed towards her second year of sobriety now. It gave her the courage and the strength that she needed to get through that thing. That's what God wants to do. Now, when I first came here, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. God gave me a, a, a prophetic word, some impressions when I first walked in here. When... Uh, Thank you, sir. When um, I, I, we had been away from traditional church for a while. We had a coffee house type of church that we were doing. And honestly, I'm a weirdo, you guys. <laughs> Look it, I'm, I'm preaching and teaching in tie-dye, right? Um, I didn't think that God was ever going to call me back to the traditional church. I felt like I was meant for the world. But my friend Mark said, listen, West Des Moines has a new preacher, and he's got gauges in his ears and a man bun, and he wears ripped jeans. You should go check it out. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I like a good freak show. (laughs) So... I came in this place, and when I walked in, there were just about a dozen people, and it was a desert, dry place spiritually. I could feel it when I walked in. But when worship started and I looked up on the stage, like suddenly I was overwhelmed with what God was going to do in this place. And I saw in Andrew and Victoria, I saw their simple sweethearts and their passion for Jesus and their passion for people. And I saw all the, the, the handful of faithful people that were still praying and still holding this place up. And I saw angelic activity all around them. And I knew that God was going to break this place open and do something amazing. And in the words, the immortal words of Toby John, look what Jesus did. <laughs> And I was like, crud, (laughs) you're making me come back to a church, aren't you, Lord? And he's like, yeah, because I knew he had called me just to come alongside them and to be like Aaron and be like her when Moses was too tired to hold up his arms. It was just my job to come and hold up their arms and to strengthen and to encourage and to comfort them in the Lord. So 
And, and how I got that word, I'll let you into the insight, is to begin with, it was just an overall massive impression. And then I saw pictures. I saw angels on the stage. And then I heard the flutter of wings. Okay? That's how I got that. So how do you give a prophetic word? Well, number one, God is love. So it has to be given in love through the heart of the Father. Even if it's a word of correction, it can't be negative. Remember the New Testament standard. It has to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Condemnation, guilt, and shame are not from the Father. Okay? I cannot say that enough. Not in your life, if you're trying to speak to yourself, and not if you're trying to speak to somebody else. It's no place. It has to come through the Father's heart. I'll give you an example. One of the prophetic uh, teachers that I follow is Graham Cook. And uh, check him out. You won't be sorry with some of his teachings. Um, Graham Cook was at a prophetic conference. He was a good friend of Janice's. And uh, he was one of the people at the end where people could come up and get a prophetic word from. And he was standing next to another prophetic gentleman. And a man came up for prayer. And this prophet all of a sudden started hammering this guy. He was like, you're in sin. You're gonna, your whole life's going to explode if you don't turn away from it. You know, terrible things are going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Just hammered this guy. And the guy walked away dejected, rejected, and broken. Grant, Grant said, or Graham said to God, if, if, you get, if you make that person run into me this weekend, Lord, I'll deliver that word the way you want me to, the right way. So, of course, you know how God is. He ran into that person. He said, hi. And he said, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? The guy looked at him, was excited, and then he saw that he was probably one of the prophetic speakers, and his shoulders drooped. But he thought he was going to get beat up again. And Graham proceeded to give him this word. He said, the Lord wants you to know that he is getting ready to back up a dump load of grace and love and power into your life that if you will open up to it, it's going to break every stronghold you ever had and it's going to transform your life. He's available for you today. Do you see the difference? It really was the same word. The guy was in sin. The white guy was in trouble. But one was given through the heart of flesh and through the soul and the other one was given through the heart of the Father and through the character of God. So that's how we have to give a word. God doesn't give you a word to terrify you, but to grow you up, to bless you, and to set you free. Another thing you have to do to give a prophetic word, you have to be humble. When a word can be really powerful when it comes through you, and especially if you're a person who actually operates in the prophetic, um, and you see a person break into tears and tell you how much that means. People all the time are like, you're so amazing, and I can't believe, and blah, blah, blah. And I got to tell you, my answer is always, Jesus makes me look really good. And, and I've even gone further than that, because I've had lots of people recently that are like, you know, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, and you're amazing. And, I, and I'm like, we don't want to be, I don't, I don't want DD followers. I want Jesus followers. We don't want people following us and falling in love with us. We want people falling in love with Jesus and who he is for us. And so my other answer is, you know what? If that touched your heart and that made a difference in your life and you feel overwhelmed with love and peace and the provision of God, understand that didn't come from me. That is straight the Father's heart from you. Because how many of us and how many people do you know in the world and even ourselves at times feel like God's mad at us and God's judging us? And that's just not true. 
He has a heart of love, and he wants to grow us, and he's like a good dad that understands our mistakes and wants to help us out of those. So we have to be humble. It will feel powerful at times when it's coming through you, but it can't be about you. I assure you, you are not powerful, <laughs> but God is. Okay, sometimes, you know, it, the thing is, you have to put control of the prophetic word into the person that you're giving it to. It's, we're never to control other people. And we're not always right, and we can make mistakes. So, you know, sometimes I say to people, sometimes you know right away if it's a word from God, because they burst into tears and they tell you this is exactly what they needed to hear. But sometimes they might not click right away for whatever reason. And I always just say, hey, listen, you pray about it. I'm not always right. You pray about it and see if it's God. If it comes to pass, then you take a hold of it. If not, feel free to discard it, because I'm not always 100% right. You have to put it in their hands so that they can grow in hearing from God, too. Um, it, you're not going to have to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. When you first step out it, you're going to step out and doing it. You're going to feel awkward. Honestly, I still sometimes feel awkward, but I know body, soul, and spirit, and I know how to cooperate with my spirit. It's just a matter of practice. As you start doing this, um, if you're having trouble and you're you know, you don't know what you're doing, but you want to practice, you want to play with God's stuff, so to speak, ask a leader, come to me, ask, say, here's what I'm hearing, here's what I'm seeing, I'll help you grow in that gift, ask Andrew and Victoria, ask one of our elders, Jacob, Ida, Lisa, they will all help you, just say, hey, I don't know if this, God, this is God, here's what I'm hearing, and they will help you begin to grow in that gift. Um, it's kind of like this, we get afraid to step out in the things of God sometimes because we think we have to be perfect. Um, and that's just not true. God already knew our imperfections and our mistakes when he called us. And if we just stay humble and in his heart, he's going to help us. It's kind of like that nine-year-old kid that um, dad buys him a really cool, like, $100, $150 remote control car. Well, the kid has no idea how to use it. Well, what if the kid took that, that, that remote control car and was too afraid and put it on the shelf and wasn't going to open it until they're 15, until they had more knowledge and really understand how to use it? How sad would that dad be, right? No, a good dad wants you to open up that gift, wants you to practice, wants you to make mistakes, and wants you to learn and grow. It's kind of like I picture it like this, like... <clears throat> The car, you know, you get the nine-year-old gets the car, and he gets the remote control, and first thing it does is crash right into a tree. <laughs> and the wheels fall off, and the headlights, you know, break, and, and the dad and the kid are like, whoa, that was wild. Oh, hey. And dad puts it back together. He takes the wheels, puts them back together. He glues the headlight back in, and he's like, okay. Now this time, how about if we don't put a little, we put a little less, uh, on the gas this time, you know? And he teaches you how to use that until you begin to operate in it a little more easily. That's how God is, you know? He just wants us to try his stuff. It's okay if we make mistakes, if we're staying humble and teachable. <clears throat> so how do you receive a prophetic word? First of all, it has to not contradict God's word or character. People aren't perfect, so you need to filter that through his word and his character. If it brings condemnation and judgment and guilt, it's probably not from God, and you can put that away. Um, pray about it. Um, hear from God. Prophets make mistakes, you know. God will confirm it into you. And chances are, a lot of times when I give a person a word from God or a prophetic word, they'll say, ah, oh, God was already speaking to me about that. You know, so God will confirm it. He'll either confirm it in them or through other people. 
And if you aren't sure immediately, as, as long as it doesn't, um, as long as it lines up with God's word and his character, and it's not anything overtly wrong, then even if you don't understand at the time, my, my advice to you would be don't immediately discard it. Put it up on the shelf, because sometimes for whatever reason, we don't know or we can't think in the moment when we're getting that, or even it might be a word for way down the road, you know? So just put it up on the shelf and say, Lord, I don't know what that means, but if it does mean something, then I, I, I trust you'll confirm it and show me. I had, um, I had a gal who I gave a prophetic word to, and um, she... I said to her, listen, I see you painting. Do you any, do anything creative or painting like that? And she was like, I really don't. She said, you know, it probably has to do with my writing. I'm creative in writing, but I've never painted, and I don't think that's my thing. Well, you know what, because I'm not concerned about anybody thinking I'm great, and I'm leaving it in the hands of that person. It was no big deal. I'm like, okay. I said, you pray about it. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's not. That was a couple years ago, about six months ago. I see her online, and she's all of a sudden grabbed hold of digital painting, and she's painting people's portraits, and she's enjoying it and getting really creative with all this thing, and it's a brand new avenue. I'm like, okay, maybe I did hear from God, right? But it took a couple years for that come to pass. At the time, she didn't understand what that was. For me personally, I am walking out um, words that right now that people gave me 10 or 15 years ago that I maybe thought I had a teeny tiny understanding of what they were, but I didn't have the full understanding until today. So you just, if they, if they don't disagree with God's character's word, you put it on a shelf and say, Lord, I'm going to wait for you. If this is for me, I'll listen. I'll hear from you when it's right. Now, struggles. Oh, another thing that you can do. Pray about it. Hear from God. If it bears witness, start declaring that thing. Start saying it out loud, all right? <clears throat> it, like Rachel, I don't know if she did this or not, but when she got that word, if she started saying, okay, Lord, you're giving me the ability to plow through mountains right now. I'm plowing through hard things that I've never plowed through before, and my husband and I are following Jesus, and we are going to the other side with you. Start saying that out loud, because what happens when you speak the truth of God or what he said to you out loud? All of heaven goes to work for you to make that come to pass. Um, struggles. When you have a prophetic gift, any gift always comes with some things we have to struggle with. Um, I have found that the prophetic gift can come with arrogance. <laughs> because like I said, when God begins to give you words for people, it begins to feel really powerful, and you really have to stay humble. If you go around and start saying to people, I, you know, make it all super spiritual, and I'm never wrong, and, you know, you should listen to God because I heard this from God. I assure you, at some point, God will humble you and show you that it's not all about you. Learn from me. Learn from other prophets. Don't do that. Stay humble. Stay teachable. Remember, God's powerful. We are not. Judgmentalism. Every prophet I know has struggled with being judgmental because... <clears throat> When God begins to tell you things about a group or a people, it's real easy to get over into our flesh and into our soul and say, um, well, you know what that group needs to do. They just need to do this, this, and this, and this. And we're in our soul and we're in our flesh when we're doing that. Because what God wants us to do, I assure you, he did not give you that information or that word uh, to be judgmental. He gave you that information, that word, to move in the opposite spirit and to begin to pray out what God wants to do and say things like, Lord, I thank you that you are bringing the power of God into that situation to break down strongholds and to make your way in this group. <clears throat> you see the difference? 
God wants you to pray in the opposite spirit and not walk in a spirit of judgment. So that is really important. And you know what? When you're giving a prophetic word and you get a word or a picture or hear something for someone, um, it might be a good idea to write it down when you first start practicing. Um, and also, um, you just need to remember that it can be for several different things. It might not be for you to even give it to the person. The first question is, what do you want me to do with this, Lord? Because oftentimes I've had God, God just likes to commune to his people and prophets are people he likes to talk to. Sometimes God just tells me stuff just because I think he wants to tell me stuff. And I'm like, you want me to do anything with that? And he's like, no, I was just talking. <laughs> I'm like, okay, awesome. You're my best friend. You're my buddy. I like to hear from you and what you're doing. Sometimes I'll say, what do you want me to do with this? And God says, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to pray. I don't want you to give it to the person. So we need to be obedient to that and just pray. Just begin to pray out that thing for that person. And then there are times when God says, I want you to tell that person. I want, it's going to strengthen, encourage, and comfort them. <clears throat> Another thing that can be a struggle for people who walk in the prophetic is we tend to be overly dramatic and led by emotions. We have a, I have a whole lot of emotions. I don't know about you. And part of my whole walk has been learning body, soul, and spirit and how to tamp down those emotions and put them underneath my spirit. And so that's why it's so important to learn um, body, soul, and spirit and how to cooperate with God's, um, God's design. Because otherwise, we'll get all wrapped up in our emotions, start freaking out, and operating out of our emotions, or we'll let our body take over and start, you know, our body will say things like, uh, you should probably just stay in, church, stay in bed today and eat bonbons and not go to church, <laughs> right? <clears throat> your soul's like, oh, we're so sad, we should stay home, you know, but you learn to listen to your spirit, and that's when you begin to find the things of God. That's why body, soul, and spirit is so important, and you have to learn that first. All right, <clears throat> now, we've come to the time... Let's practice a little bit. You guys want to practice with me and play with God's stuff? Okay, if you are willing, <clears throat> what we're going to do is we're going to all do this corporately. So if you're willing to be a guinea pig, raise your hand, and we will all look around and see if God wants to say something to you. Raise your hand. Come on, don't be a chicken. Raise your hand. It's Robert over here. Everybody see Robert over there? Okay. So... Look in your mind's eye. Look, listen to your inside ears. Now, try not to go into what you know already. Some of us know Robert, and so some of us already know things about him. If, do you see a picture? Now, if it's a weird picture, even if you don't understand what it is, go ahead and say it out, and I'll help you find out if there's meaning in that, all right? So, Lord, what do you want to say for Robert? Okay. Anybody have a picture or hear anything? Toby. Heart. Say that again. Heart. Heart. Do you have an impression about that? Do you think you know what God wants to say about that? He's got a lot of love. God loves your heart, Robert. Lisa. A motorcycle with a bright handle. The brake handle. What do you think? What do you think, God? Do you have an impression with that? Well, as I think about that, and I think symbolically, a motorcycle is a powerful 
thing and stopping the brakes. I even think about where Robert's at in his life right now. He has like dead stopped a lot of things in his, in his past and said no more. But he is ready to go forward with the power of God for where he's at. But not if it's in his own effort. A motorcycle or a bicycle can sometimes be, if you have those in a dream or if you have those in a picture, can be doing, think about it, you know, they're in your own effort, you know, it's you doing it alone, and he's got the brakes on, so he's willing to listen to God. He doesn't want to do it alone. He wants to do it with God right now. Anybody else? Yeah. Or you just want to be next. <laughs> All right, anybody else? Angie, you see a help wanted sign? Do you have an impression about that? Absolutely. He's always looking for ways that he can help other people, isn't he? In all different areas. Uh, back here, is that Evelyn? Hmm. And what's the impression you got? Absolutely. I bear witness with that. He's already, he's already put himself out there and, and made himself available to help people and to be there for them and to be Jesus with skin on. Anybody else? In the back. Whoa, a leadership job in a glass building in West Des Moines. That's what you see or you heard? Wow. I don't know if that's something you're interested in or something God's talking to you about. But Lord, if that's you, we just ask you to open up the doors and, and open that door up to a leadership job, to something that's going to bless him and bless other people. Anybody else? All right, let's practice on someone else. Let's do it again. Who wants to, who wants to get practiced on? Amanda. All right, everybody look at Amanda over there. Hey, Amanda. Lord, what do you want to say to Amanda? Look in your heart. Not what you know in the natural about Amanda. Look in your heart. And we got a picture or hear a word, a scripture. Raise your hand if you do. In the back. You saw a frog. I love it. And you know what? I bless you for stepping out and saying it, even though it was a weird picture. A frog. Well, let's ask. Let's step into that picture. What's a frog? Um, a frog goes through a transformation to get to be a frog, right? It has to start out as a tadpole before it becomes a frog. Uh, a frog is green. Green is a color associated with growth. Man, that, that fits Amanda right now. She's come through a tadpole stage, and she's at a stage in her life that she's all ready for growth. That's Amanda. Toby. A feather? A feather pen. Did you get an impression with that? Do you like to write at all? Wow. Now
Now, see that? She had a relative who she loved and admired and who wrote with a feather pen. So why would God show her? Why would God show Toby that? It's just to let Amanda know that he knows her. He knows everything about her. She knows everything she, he's, she's connected to. All right, Angie. I see a butterfly. A butterfly. Times two, two butterflies. God must be saying something. What do you get an impression with that, Angie? Whole big transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And what God's doing right now is beautiful and unique and it's exciting. Kayla. love that picture. Did you guys all hear that? She saw a little girl dancing in a field of butterflies with her father in a pink dress. Did you get an impression with that? Is that something that ever happened to you, Amanda? Yeah, that's the desires of your heart. That's what, who you want Papa God to be for you, right? And look what he just said. He said, I want that too through the prophetic word, strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Jared? An, e <laughs> An eager puppy getting ready to throw a ball and play fetch. Do you, that, that kind of, like, that's pretty clear. <laughs> if any of us know Amanda, she's really excited about what God's doing right now. Did you get any more of an impression with that? Jacob, did you have some? No. Chuck? A door. Open door, closed door, what color? Doors are going to open. Some doors are going to close in your life, and they probably already are, and probably that hasn't even been very comfortable because some of those doors you wanted to stay open, but they're doors that God closed for a reason, and he's getting ready to open doors that are doors he wants you to go walk through that are going to be uh, for your good and not for your harm. Anybody else? Yeah, Scott. A compass. Did you have an impression? A compass is something that gives us direction and guides you. Do you have an impression about that? Yeah, it's like a sphere. It's not a flat. It's like a sphere, like kind of like you'd have in a car. In the old school days, they used to have it in a car, and it looked like a little globe and turn around. Do you have an impression about what that means? Hmm? On top of a map, and it's pointing up. That seems like a really good position to be, and I feel like that goes along with all the other words that yeah, you, you're up on the top of the map, your pointer's pointing up, and you just got to follow your compass and not let it get all wonky and out of whack. Just go up. No matter what's happening, you're going to not go wrong if you keep going towards God. All right, Becky. The, the map stops, but it's still pointing up. Mm-hmm. 
so it's like a clear focus. So she's going into uncharted territory right now. So it might feel a little uncomfortable when we're going into things that we're not used to. Like we kind of walk in our lives in a certain way and we get in a rhythm and we get in a rut, even in the not good things. And so when we begin to step out into the things of God, into uncharted territory, even though it's good, it can feel a little scary. It can feel a little awkward, but God wants you to know he knows. He's got you. He's got you. He, uh, He knows how to navigate uncharted territory and he's with you. All right, let's, let's try one more person. You, Haley, are you volunteering? All right, Haley back there in the back. Let's look around and see what God wants to say for Haley. Anyone got a picture, a word, a scripture? Robert. Snow-covered evergreen tree. Do you have an impression that goes along with that? Mm. Mm. That's God's love for you. It might be covered with snow. There might be some things that still feel cold and like you can't shake them off. But his love for you is evergreen and ever-growing. In the back there. Blue skies and a pretty river made out of rainbow. Do you have an impression about what that means? It's okay if you don't. I think about blue skies. I think about like the storm has begun to clear. And like, I kind of, I know you enough, Haley, to know that that's kind of where you're at right now. Like there have been, were all kinds of stormy skies all around, <clears throat> but you've intentionally put yourself in places where uh, you're having blue skies. You're not going to follow the storm anymore. And so God has like, he's like just cleared away. And he's not only got blue skies for you, girl, he's got a rainbow river, which means he has all sorts of multifaceted, multicolored things. And a river is full of life. It's moving. It's not like a lake or a pond or a puddle. And so just get in the river. God wants to take you places, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be colorful. A lot of people have the idea that God is not fun. I'm here to tell you God is fun. God is amazing. He wants to laugh with you. He wants to uh, delight at your successes. He wants to even, like, have a sarcastic laugh with you about your failures. (laughs) I can't tell you the time God is like, are you going to do that again? And I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) And we have a good laugh about it, all right? So he's got good things, colorful things. In the back there, Melissa. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. Do you have an impression of what that means? I I hear ex- I hear accelerated growth. Because that goes along with the other words that people have given you. And um, the, the, the storm, the major storm has passed. Yeah, 
all that storm, all that garbage you went through is the fertilizer and is the rain for the growth that you're having right now. And as you stay close to God, he's going to keep watering things. But you're in a time right now, you stay close to his heart, you stay in his word, and you're going to accelerate growth. You're going to know his heart like you've never known before. You're going to hear from him like you've never heard before. He loves you so much. Toby. Yeah. Yeah, he's just telling you the natural. He just loves you. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I have a way easier time giving a prophetic word to somebody I don't know than somebody I do know because I have to really clear my mind and make sure that I'm hearing in my spirit and seeing pictures and hearing words from him and not from my own flesh and from my own knowledge of what I know about a person. Oftentimes when I um, am looking for a word or giving a word to someone, I won't give them any information because I really want them to hear from God. Like a while back, um, I was getting... My friend Janice and I had been to Tokyo once to teach on hearing God, and we were, it was after the tsunami and the great big earthquake, and we were thinking that God wanted us to go back, but which, like, everyone was running from Japan, and we're like, really? We're supposed to go back? And so we didn't know for sure, and we really needed to hear from God. And so I didn't, her and I were the only ones that were talking about this. Nobody else knew. So I asked about four or five of my friends <clears throat> if they would look and see if God had, I was getting ready, we were getting ready to make a decision and see if God has any word for them. Well, we got like word after word. We had, somebody had a picture of us in white garments and feeding people in another country. And we were like, we were going to go give relief to the people from the tsunami victim and we were gonna be teaching about hearing from God and feeding them. So we knew that was God, but we weren't completely confirmed. There were several words that just lined up and those people didn't know anything about the fact that what the situation was in you. The last one, the funniest one, is a good friend of mine. She, she didn't know what it meant. She said, I just see a pineapple. <laughs> I just see a picture of a pineapple. And I started laughing because I said, you know what? I said, this time, our trip is going to go through Hawaii. And she didn't know that. But to me, that settled in my spirit that, okay, we were supposed to go ahead and go. You know, the pineapple. I just see it. We laugh about it today. I just see a pineapple. <laughs> to me, that confirmed. God knew we we're going to go through Hawaii, and we went on that trip, and we did things. Rachel, did you have something for Haley? Yeah, I get that. Haley and I are cut from the same cloth. She's got a joy anointing about her. I think that's one of the reasons the enemy's tried to hammer you so hard, girl, is because, and, and hit you with depression and all kinds of crazy thinking, is because you are filled with joy. And when you walk into a room, like, people laugh. People want to be around you. People, like, see the goodness of God. You have a joy anointing. That's who, who God made you to be. Anybody else? Lisa. 
and a ladybug, a bright green leaf that has dew on it and a ladybug. Do you have an impression about what that is? Um, new growth. That's definitely where you are. Is that all? Okay. Anybody else over here? Say it again. A giant big red heart. Well, that's just God's heart for you, girl. And it's not a little one. It's a giant big heart. That's how much he loves you. I'm really proud of you guys that are teenagers and kids stepping out because you know what? He's no respecter of people. And he, he, you can hear from God just as much as I can or Pastor or Victoria. What'd you hear? Yeah. Happy little trees. Do you like Bob Ross? <laughs> do you do you have an impression about what that means? Okay. That's okay. Taylor's in the front row with Bob Ross shirt on. I just want to point that out. Do you like to paint? Do you like art? So when I hear happy little trees, I think of Bob Ross. And, and maybe it has to do with your creative gift. God made you creative, and he wants you to explore that. He did that. He delights when you, when you try that out. And maybe just start. Maybe you've stopped even for a little bit. It's time for you to start doing your art again. Dawn. Where's the sun? All right. I would say the sun. Yeah. You just get in there and you start. When I hear that, you know, God always says positive things and all that's positive, you know? And we've already heard about the river and about growth. And in um, your question is, where's the sun? Um, well, there wouldn't be a rainbow and there wouldn't be the bright blue skies if there wasn't the sun. And, you know, because you have to have light to have any of those things. And so, and Jesus is the light. So I say Jesus is shining down. He knows your growth. He wants to take you to new places. And it's going to be multicolored and beautiful, but in a way you've never expected before. Yeah. Way to think symbolically. That's good. That could definitely be that. It's just... Keep in mind, even if you don't see the sun, even you you don't always feel God, he's never left. He's always there, okay? Becky. The vibrance of those images are reflecting the sun. That's good. Melanie. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's where it is. 
See how like all of a sudden it hits and you know that that's from God? It's like he wants to paint a brand new picture and it's going to be good. And it's going to be beautiful. And even in the times where you don't know where the sun is, you've got to know, you just know that he's there and you keep reaching out to him. Angie. It's your little kitty. <laughs> Well, we all, we all know that, um, that God hung the stars in the sky. And all the pictures that people have given from you have been really beautiful. And God's painting a new picture and taking you to a new thing. And you just need to cooperate. You just tell him with your mouth, I agree with you, Lord. We're going to a new place. And I'm going to let you do it. And I'm gonna, I can't wait to see what you're going to do and what you're going to paint in my life, both physically and spiritually. All right, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and close up because I can't stay here forever. We could do this forever. <laughs> but I also, um, I asked God when I was giving this word if he wanted to say something to the church. And here's, here's you pray about this, but here's what I think he was saying, he's saying to the church, is that, you guys remember when pastor first started teaching about spiritual gifts and he was teaching about the before he taught about the fivefold gifts the first thing he had to teach about was unity right because the gifts work best when they throw flow through unity and during that service um he came up and he repented of some attitudes that he had and asked for forgiveness and he opened up the mic and people all over started to repent and started to um, ask for forgiveness for attitudes that they had had. And there was a coming together in that moment of the two sides of the church, all the new growth and some of the people that have been for, here forever. And when that was happening at the time, I don't think I said this to everyone, but at the time, I, all of a sudden I was sitting over here and I heard a massive flutter of wings. And I looked out the window and I could see one, two, three, and then dozens, and then hundreds of angels begin to flock and to be look in the windows of this place. All of heaven became interested. When we begin to line our hearts up with God and with unity, all of heaven became interested in this place. And God sent like almost a legion of angels fluttering around this place, and he wants to let them in. And right now, every once in a while, well, well every Sunday, I sense a couple of them. A couple of them get in, at least two or three. They're usually hanging out with Andrew and with Victoria during worship. But you guys, God's got so much more. And then I saw as I asked God for this picture, you know, give me a picture, give me what you want to say, I saw two different lands. In between these two lands was a great chasm. And on one side of the land is where we are now as a church, which is a pretty good place. I mean, people are getting saved. People are getting set free from addictions. We even had some healings in this place. We're growing. We have all kinds of table good. It's a good place. It's not a bad place. But on the other side 
is a land filled with signs and wonders and miracles and supernatural occurrences and angels. Whoa, come on, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes when the power of God hits me, it comes right out my mouth and my belly. Um, there are, he's got all sorts of miraculous wonders and miracles. And we think we're in a good place at this church right now, and we are, but we have not seen anything yet. All right? We have not seen anything yet, but there's a huge chasm between those two places. And, and I'll let you in on my prophetic process. At first, this was just an impression, and he just reminded me of the things that had happened. And at this point in the word, he all of a sudden dropped a picture into my heart. And the picture was us building a bridge to the other side. And we're about halfway to two-thirds of the way to the other side. And that bridge is made out of love and made out of unity. That's the only way we're going to get to the other side. God's got so much more for this body, you guys. I mean, we're in a good place, but we could be in a better place. I want miracles. I want to do the Jesus stuff. I want to see the lame walk. I want to see people get delivered from drugs and alcohol. I want to see people come in. God wants to turn this place into a blazing fire that people just driving on the street will go like, what's happening in there? And the Holy Spirit will draw them in because of the love and unity. But the bridge, the bridge we have to build has to be love and unity, and we have to guard that. And you know what? Sometimes in our humanness, in our souls, in our flesh, in our attitudes, maybe something didn't go the way we want. Maybe pastor didn't do something we want. Maybe somebody's in a position we don't think they should be in or whatever. We can accidentally, without meaning to, punch a hole in that bridge. And when we punch a hole in that bridge, people can fall through. And so God's, God's caution to us is just to be careful to guard the unity in this place. If you have an attitude about something, man, take it to God. Don't let it stir. Don't let a punch a hole in the bridge of what God wants to do in this place. If you need to go to a person because you're upset about something they said or offended, go to that person. You don't want to punch a hole in that bridge and have a person accidentally fall through, right? And so that's the thing. He's got amazing, incredible things on the other side, even better than we can see right now. But the bridge we're building is love and unity, and we have to guard that. Let's pray. Oh, God, you're so good. You just never cease to amaze me, Lord. I thank you for all the gifts that you've given us, Lord, the supernatural gifts to give us to, for our strengthening, for encouragement, for our comfort. And God, I pray like that people would walk out of here today strengthened, encouraged, and comfort. And they'd get brave enough to start looking for words for themselves and looking for words um, for other people. Because you know what? You always want to speak to your people, Lord. You always want to show them your heart. And you are available 24-7, 24-7 to show um, us your heart, and for us to show your heart to other people, Lord. So, God, I pray that this week. I pray that we would have the supernatural become a natural part of our everyday life. It's our inheritance, and we thank you for it. And so, God, I thank you this week that we're going to listen with our inside ears, and we're going to look with our inside eyes, and we're going to see if you want to speak to us, and if you want to speak to others, and if you want to speak to the church. We love you so much, Papa. You're such a good God, and we just give the rest of this day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go make the supernatural a natural part of your everyday life. Yeah, quick, don't leave yet. 
Don't, um, don't leave. Now it's my turn to give a message. So No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, thank you, Dee Dee, for... She did a great job. She's really nervous about this, so thank you. Thanks. You know, this is something that... It's not just a one-week thing. You know, if you need a word from God, come up during prayer time. If you... You know, during worship, look around and say, God, what are you saying to someone next to me? And, yeah, and just and, spread and, this. And I will add to that. If there are a group of you that want to practice this kind of stuff, yeah. then call me up and yeah. say, hey, we just want to practice hearing from God tonight. Will you come over to my house for pizza? Invite four or five people over. There has to be pizza. Has to be pizza. Ah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. And, and we'll just sit and practice yeah. with God's stuff on hearing from God. Yeah, awesome. 